Well, the passage that we are thinking about today is one of those great uh, transition passages in the, the biblical narrative. Uh, the people of Israel had been wandering in the wilderness for some 40 years under the leadership of Moses, but now they uh, face different territory ahead of them, uh, and, and actually this new territory is, is in different senses as well. They, they are right on the cusp of crossing over the river and entering into the land which God had promised to give to them as their inheritance and as their new home. So, geographically, they're about to enter into new territory with all of the uncertainty that this uh, involved for them. They weren't sure who or what they were going to meet in this new land. But also, they were facing new territory in the sense that they were about to live through a transition in leadership. Uh, and we'll see this as we get into this passage. And maybe that's how you feel. We're, you know, we're still sufficiently early in January to be in that kind of mindset, I think, of moving from uh, one territory, as it were, into another. As we leave a year behind and enter into a new year, it can feel very much that we are entering into and traveling through unknown, uncharted territory. We look out on to 2024, and while there may be things that loom on the horizon for us, which seem like fixed points and which feel very familiar to us, we also have to concede that there's so much of it that's, a, that's just a mystery to us. We don't know. I'm sure for each of us, if, if you had the opportunity to reflect and to look back on, on 2023, there would have been things that happened in each of our lives that we didn't foresee we, we didn't see them coming, and maybe just as well. And it will undoubtedly be the same for many of us, for all of us, in 2024. And part of our humanity is that we don't tend to, to deal well with change, or with transition, or with unfamiliarity, or flux in our lives. Some perhaps embrace it more readily than others, but as a general rule, we tend to be creatures of routine, don't we? We like to stick with the familiar because we find comfort and security in that. Change brings uncertainty, and, un and uncertainty often produces fear or anxiety as byproducts of it. Often we want to navigate away from change rather than through it. Or maybe like the guy in uh, our picture here, perhaps we want to stick our head in the sand and pretend that change is not happening or it's happening to other people. And it would all, always be only natural for us at the start of any new year to feel that sense of unease and uncertainty as we're faced 
with the unknown of what lies ahead. So today, still early in this new year, I want us to explore a few principles from this passage and from the wider Scriptures to encourage us in the face of unknown territory. These are applicable, I hope, in any situation which we may be facing now or which we may have to face in this new year or any new year, any of those stages of life where we're faced with uncertainty and change that can sometimes come our way in a planned way, but sometimes also with great suddenness. Here's the first principle. Faced with the unknown, accept that change is inevitable. Make your peace with it early. Nothing and no one stays the same forever. And old Moses knew the reality of that situation. This man had been leading the Israelites for 80 years, 40 in Egypt and 40 out of Egypt in the wilderness. And he says there in verse 2, I am now 120 years old, and I am no longer able to lead you. Change was coming. And the Bible is full of these transitions from great leaders and ministries that come to an end, at which point others pick up uh, the baton under God. Moses to Joshua, David to Solomon, Elijah to Elisha, Jesus to his disciples, Paul to his young ministry apprentice, Timothy. In each case, I'm sure there was a sense within those who were taking over and perhaps among the people around them, how on earth will we deal with this? How could anyone fill these big shoes and lead in a way that is impactful or fruitful? But in each of these cases, these transitions, these successions were planned processes undergirded by a sense of God's clear leading and purposes being unfolded change happens. Accept it. Make your peace with it. God's kingdom endures forever, but people and things do not. Certain situations, uh, even churches, don't last forever, but God's kingdom, His plans and His purposes, His goodness will they do endure forever? Second thing, faced with the unknown, allow the Lord to lead. Look at verse 3. The Lord your God Himself will cross over ahead of you. God promises to go ahead of His people and to blaze a trail for them into this new territory which He's given to them. He warns them that there will be struggles, 
and obstacles and roadblocks along the way. And he says, let me lead you. Let me take care of those struggles which are too big for you. As you enter into 2024, please allow the Lord to lead. He has promised to go ahead of you, to guide you, to make a way for you through and forward. Let him lead. The temptation, of course, is often to think that we don't need God. We see a lot of this. I don't know if you're on social media, but if you are, you'll see a lot of this. I call it fridge magnet theology. You've got this. You're enough. Well, you're not, and you don't, but God does. He has it. He's enough. Let Him lead. The temptation also is to think that we know better than God that we try to run ahead of Him, or we lag tentatively behind Him. When I was growing up, and Phil and I were, were growing up in Belfast, of course, one of the great involvements that we had was, was in uh, Boys Brigade in BB. And one of the things, I, I won't speak for him, but one of the things that I really enjoyed in BB was the drill. I know, I was a bit weird. I enjoyed the drill. But the reason that I enjoyed it was the sense of accomplishment that it gave when it was done well, when it was done right. Because it involved teamwork. It involved 12 boys moving uh, as one, if you like, in that drill squad. The problems came when one person got out of step with the others in the squad. That's what led to people marching up one another's backs or big gaps opening up in the, in the maneuvers that we were doing. Listen to these words of Paul to the Galatians. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit keep in step, not lagging or, or, uh, behind or, or running ahead, not even half a degree moving in a different direction from God's lead, because you know that if you start to go a half a degree different direction from the person beside you, very quickly that half degree opens up a big gap. Keep in step. Allow God to lead. The key to this is through prayer, and we'll, we'll come back to that before we finish. Here's the third principle. Faced with the unknown, don't lose your heads. The conference that uh, Philip and I were at this week, and we've been going to it together for many, many years now. And in a previous year, uh, the speaker at the conference was Alistair Begg. And I remember uh, 
there was a question and answer session at the end of the, the, the conference in the last session, and somebody asked him what his advice would be in the face of some of the challenges that are, are beginning to confront the church in the 21st century. And I will never forget his answer. In his native Glasgow accent, he simply said, keep the heed. Keep the heed. And I think he was simply reflecting words of Paul to Timothy in, in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 5, where Paul said, but you keep your head in all situations. In a time of change or uncertainty, it is so easy for us to lose our heads, to get unnerved, to be, to be paralyzed with fear or anxiety or a sense of helplessness, to forget everything that we have ever known about God or everything that we know to be true about God. You would be surprised at how easy that is it is for that to happen. Moses recognized that he was about to leave the stage and that the Israelites were about to be plunged into this time of transition and that there was a risk that they would lose their heads. And so he carefully reminds them of God's promise to them in verse 6. Be strong and courageous do not be afraid or terrified because of them, because of the, the people that you will meet in this new land. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And this is so important that he repeats it in his words to Joshua again before all of the people in verses 7 to 8 be strong and courageous. The Lord will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. This is a constant refrain, reiterated again in the first chapter of the book of Joshua. At the end of this time of change, if you like, as Joshua is installed as leader of the people, it's the same message. And it's echoed right throughout the Scriptures. Do not be afraid. Be strong and courageous. I am with you. Is this what you need to hear from God this morning, early in this new year, 2024? Do you need to hear it again this morning with renewed clarity, maybe in the personal circumstances you're facing down, the things that challenge you, the outlook that perhaps makes you anxious. Maybe it's because of illness. Maybe you're adjusting to loss. Maybe you're facing up to stress at work or at school. Maybe you're uh, in the midst of financial difficulties, loneliness, difficulties in a relationship mental health issues, the promises of God speak so wonderfully into our fears and into our insecurities to help us. They give us an anchoring point. They help us to keep our heeds. 
when everything around us might be screaming, lose your heed. Fourth, and linked to that, faced with the unknown, commit to the truth of God's Word. In verses 9 to 13, we read about how Moses oversaw the, the writing down of the law of the Lord, and he made provision for that law to be read and taught to the people regularly. Moses recognized God's Word as a guiding light for the people on the next steps of the journey. He recognized it as a unifying force. It was something that would bring all the people together, verses 11 and 12. He stressed the importance of communicating this Word and teaching it to the children and young people from one generation to the next. He told them that they should also share this Word with the people around them, with those outside of their own community, because it was truth for them as well, verses 12 and 13. As we enter into this new year, please commit to listening to God's voice speak truth to you through His Word. Commit to every opportunity you have to opening up this Word personally and with other people. Commit to sharing it, sharing it with your children and your young people at home and here in church. Commit to taking this truth to the community around you here because they need to hear it as well. It will help them and guide them. It's not just something for us to jealously hold on to and keep for ourselves. Allow the Word to guide and unify you and keep you living the lives you are called by God to live in these days. Fifthly, we're nearly done. Faced with the unknown, stay patient and prayerful. I was thinking about this. The Word and, and, and prayer are, are like the instruments in that panel that we saw in the picture earlier in, in front of the pilots. These are the things which will guide us through the fog and the darkness. These are the things that will point us to Jesus and allow us to lock on to Him, to fix our eyes upon Him, God's Word and prayer. There's a very striking verse right at the start of this book of Deuteronomy. It's in brackets, so you might just be tempted to skip over it when you read it, but it's there in, in chapter 1 and verse 2. It takes 11 days to go from Horeb to Kadesh Barnea by the Mount Seir Road. Why is that significant? Well, that pretty much describes the distance between the starting point and the end point of Israel's journey. From the mountain where God gave them His law to the threshold of the promised land, that journey 
that should or could have taken 11 days took 40 years. Why? Well, it's because they wandered. And their wandering was a case study in prayerlessness and a lack of patience. Many, many times along the way, they stopped listening to and depending on God. And so God allowed them to wander. Read the story. They grumbled even when God provided for them miraculously and faithfully. They disobeyed even when God guided them very clearly. There was no prayerful dependence. There was no patient obedience. What will our journey be like in 2024? Will we stay prayerful and patient? Will we commit to dependence on God personally and together as a church? Will we take whatever time we need to wait before God and to listen to Him in our lives? God forbid that we should take our eyes off Him and end up taking 40 years, as it were, for an 11-day journey. Finally, faced with the unknown, remember that God is sovereign. We have a little illustration that we use quite often around the whole maelstrom of the school transfer process. So, some of you may have kids who have been through that or who are going to be going through it at the moment. And it's a horrible time, isn't it, for those children and for their, their families with the, the tests and then the, the wait for results and the, the scramble for, for places. And it's a very unsettling time. And one of the things that we sometimes say right at the start of that process to our P7s in Elmwood is, you know, God already has your school uniform for next September picked out before the tests, before the open days, before the results. This is not a, a thing that's down to luck or chance or a random ordering of things. And this is true of every part of our lives. We sit under the sovereign purpose of God, a sovereign purpose that was in place before He even fashioned this world. God knows all of the pathways that we will walk, even when we feel like we're walking through the fog. All of those paths that we will walk in 2024 and 2025 and 26 and 27 and however many other years were spurred to navigate in His grace and by His purposes. As we finish off, I want us to reflect just on this wonderful verse from, from Jeremiah 29. It's a very well-known verse. It's an amazing verse. Uh, and, you know, it is for your fridge magnets if you have them. 
uh, rather than some of that nonsense that people post on Facebook. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And it's a, it's a great verse, and one we'd want to hold on to the truth of that, but we need to understand also the context of that verse. You see, when God said that to His people, it was during a time of exile, an unsettling time, a time that was full of change and, and unknown for the people, a time where, uh, where the people were not where they wanted to be geographically and in terms of their lives. They were far from home. They were far from the familiar and the comfortable. But God says to them in that passage, well, this is where I've purposed for you to be just now. This is where I want you to live your lives for now, so get on with it. This is part of my plan and my purpose, which is not to harm you, but which is to give you a hope and a future. Sometimes in 2024, we will find ourselves in those places where we don't want to be. Maybe standing in graveyards, maybe sitting at a hospital bedside or in, in a doctor's consulting room. Who knows? Well, God knows. And in those moments, we do, to, we do well to remember that according to His purposes, this is where the Lord, the Lord chooses us to be at that moment. We do well to take the long view. This season is where God chooses us to be for now, and we need to trust Him, and we need to settle into it, and we need to understand that even in those moments, we can live fruitfully and full of hope and allow God to unfold His perfect and settled plan in front of us, and all to the glory of His name. Let's pray. And so we pray, Lord God, that whatever these weeks and months have in store for us, You would help us not to be afraid or discouraged, but rather to be strong and courageous knowing that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Help us to know your sovereign hand upon us. Help us to allow you to lead us, committed to the promises of your word and to prayerful and patient dependence upon you. And help us to know that you, your purposes are for our good, to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future. 
Write your word on our hearts now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.